Hey everyone, I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. My co-host Erin is on maternity leave and will be returning to the beaver den in the spring. For the meantime, we're wishing all the best to the new mama and her daughter. It's time to deep dive all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk. Hi! Hi. <laughs> I love that we're already laughing off the top. I'm I love like, that. Beaver talk. It's all very mysterious. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy. It's warm in here. Yes, it's very warm in here. Yeah. It's very much not out there. Um, thank you so much for being here. Be- Buddies, I'd love to introduce you to Nina Daniels. Hi. She is an LA-based stand-up comedian, actor, and content creator originally from Long Island, New York. She wowed alternative mainstream and YouTube audiences with her absorbing act featuring stand-up, com- stand-up and musical comedy. Where most musical comedians play your standard guitar, piano, ukulele, Nina sets herself apart from the pack with her sidekick, Jerry, the cello. Nina's recent TV credits include The Last OG, Shameless, Marin, and Fox's Punchline, and the Sundance award-winning film Pariah. Nina's YouTube video, My Man is a Jamaican, was featured on the front pages of both Funny or Die and Elizabeth Banks' hoohaha.com. And Nina is currently developing her own half-hour comedy, which she will star, write, and produce, and it has been <laughs> released. Congratulations. Nina can be seen on some of your favorite alternative stand-up shows, including The Super Serious Show, Hot Tub, The New Negroes, The Meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, Comedy at the Knitting Factory, among others. You can also see comedy clubs across the country include The Stand NYC, Caroline's, Hollywood Improv, Punchline SF, Zanny's, and many others. Woo! What a bio. <laughs> I love it. They, Thank they, you. they gave you the whole thing. Thank wow. you so much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I I'm appreciate so excited. it. I'm so excited. And congratulations on Models Die that came out on Monday. It's coming out on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Well, by the time this oh, episode's out, so we'll be out. I forgot. We're, we're, you said I know. Wednesday. We're in the producing land. We're yeah. all, it's all very. I my brain there. I know. We got to cast forward. We got to get into a different headspace. <laughs> yeah, it came out Monday. Woo! <laughs> um, so exciting. I would love to, before we kind of get into that, before we get into like all of the things I just named in your bio, I'd uh-huh. love to kind of like obviously deep dive how you got to this point. But also I'd love to start out by just kind of talking about what inspired you as a kid? What are you watching? What are you into? And what was kind of always playing on the TV when you were growing up? So we did not, we were, I wasn't allowed to watch TV Yeah. until my sister was allowed to watch TV. My younger sister was allowed to watch TV. So I didn't really grow up with TV until I was like maybe 14, 13, 14 by that point. So I grew up with music. Like, you know, I grew up listening to just, I mean... Prince, the classics, you know, stuff that people probably, and I'm a huge, this is so embarrassing, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but Spandu Ballet, I don't yes. know if you guys know. Oh my God. I was like really into like British music and like, <laughs> so like there are a couple of artists, like, I mean, I really love Spandu Ballet, especially that song True. I'm really into the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. And the flip side, I'm into Jay-Z and Kendrick Lamar. So like, yes. I feel like music obviously is like, um. A really huge influence maybe at growing up more so than maybe tv mm-hmm. um but i would say if anything i was allowed to watch music videos yes yeah so i definitely have my share of music videos that i loved what um, was like your favorite like what was like a standout music video for you back then Ugh. 
I don't even want to say right now because there's so much controversy going on with, with Michael Jackson right now. Yes. But my standout was Thriller. I mean. from I mean, but it's like timeless. Like Thriller it's is timeless. just. timeless. Everyone's parents like, you have to see this. It if was you legendary. Love music, you have to watch this. Absolutely. And I watched it and I was like, you're right. I'm like, I was so in love with it. Ugh, it's incredible. It continues to be incredible. Like you watch it today, and then I liked all those like the best of the '80s stuff. I used to like watching like those best of the '80s music videos. (laughs) I I, like really like that music so much that I I, like listening to it like all the time. Oh my god, amazing! So I would say yeah, not a lot of TV, but a lot of. And I I was a performer, like Mm -hmm. I used to dance, so I was always like choreographing stuff for talent shows, and you know, I was always doing something creative. Yeah. I'm using my own creativity. So then my sister was allowed to get a television. Why was your sister allowed to get a television before you were? Parents probably burned out by then. Right. Totally. They were worn down and they were like, whatever. Yeah, she's three years younger than me. They were like, you know what? (laughs) And she wasn't like me. I I agreed to, I was very, you know, agreeable. She was like, I need a TV now. And that was enough. So when you got a TV, were there any shows that like you would watch or was it mostly because you were so focused on music, you were kind of like, whatever? No, like... I, we used to watch, what did we watch? We were more into movies. Okay, yep. We were definitely more into movies than anything with Tom Hanks. <laughs> you know what movie we really loved, though? This is like a really weird movie, Dirty Dancing. Oh, yeah. And then we were really confused about when things came out, because we thought some shows were new. <laughs> and my parents would be like, no, that came out 20 years ago. We're like, oh. Like, I had no idea concept of time. Yeah. Like, when you watch, like, Nickelodeon, like, you don't have a concept of what time frame. I'm thinking, well, I'm watching it now, so it has to be hot now. My parents are like, no. <laughs> so sorry. So we thought, like, we were cool. Like, we thought Little House in the Prairie came out when we were kids. We had no idea it was an old TV show. We loved that show. That was one show we loved. Oh, my God. I was never, I could never get into it because I feel like I just missed it so fully that I was like, I can't even deep dive No, no, we now. really loved that show. We thought it was, like, the, I even got a dress for my, like, it had to be, like, my fifth birthday or something like that. I wanted a Laurel Ingalls, like, type dress. Yeah. And my grandmother paid so much money for this. I mean, it was hideous. Now, when I look at it, but back then, you couldn't tell me anything. I loved the dress. It was, like, pink. It was, like, uh, pink, green florals, really long with a ruffle around the, <laughs> the sleeves. And it was super long. I look like, yeah, no. I look like a young bride. Oh That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are there is there photographic evidence of this? Do you still have the dress? I don't, but there is evidence. Oh my goodness, that's exciting! It was a great birthday, but yes. Wow, how old were you when you got this dress? Five. Five. Okay. Okay. Well, that's like a that's understandable. It's a good. So age. I was like, I was five. So I did know. I guess we did watch Little House and Pray. That was the one thing we did see yeah. as a family. So yeah. that was like one. I keep forgetting that that was our one thing. That was the thing. That was the thing. But like TV, and that was like in the living room with my parents. We had I had no. I had to, I read a lot. Yeah. I read a lot. Is that kind of what inspired you to start like become like becoming a writer and doing stand up comedy and like no. spurred off into that? No. Not at all. I wanted I wanted to be an investment banker. Oh my god, wow. Because growing up I, I always did art, but that was never a focus. So my you know, my parents and my parents like to tell you, you're gonna be a lawyer when you grow up and you're gonna do all these other cool things. But then I was like or a doctor. I was going to be a doctor for a while. And I I'm not, I shouldn't even say this on, on air, but I murdered a chicken to try and see if the insides of a chicken looked like the insides of the encyclopedia of the, of the human body. Oh, my God. So I went and found my neighbors had chicken. So one time one ran into my yard, so I cut it open. <gasps> 
and found the picture in the encyclopedia and I like tried to see, I was like, oh my goodness, they have the same things that we have in our body. So I took them out, I dissected it pretty much, put it on my grandma's, oh my God, my grandma's silver tray, took it inside to my mom to show her my masterpiece. Needless to say, uh, a priest was called and we did not go to church. Um, There's a lot happening. My parents thought I was crazy. They thought I was a Dexter of that era. It was just not good. And then my, and I was so upset because I'm like, I thought I did something great. I was like, look, daddy, look how good I am at science. I, you know, I, I, I'm ready to be a doctor. I already know that we have the same insides as a chicken. And my mom is like, and my mom, I was like, I got you chicken for dinner. You can, you can cook it now. They were like, so really? That was, the, that was the impetus for you to do this? Yeah. Like, what were you guys thinking? And they were just like, they started laughing because they really thought that I was going to go around killing like yeah. everything. They thought this was it. They say you start like, with animals. That's what, that's what I hear. Yeah. That's what we hear. Oh my God. So, okay. So, so you're not a doctor. And, and banking, I was just like really good at, at math, economics. Okay. And yeah, I wanted to make a lot of money. I, Acting, theater, that stuff did not come until I lived in Japan. I was in Japan for a year studying abroad. And um, my host mom was a, she did musical therapy for um, elderly people. So Mm -hmm. she would use her piano and her musical skills and talents to volunteer at a um, nursing home. So I would go and do, I would volunteer with her. We would perform. And after that year, I went from, and I had already interned on Wall Street for three summers. By that point, I thought, oh, yeah. And I already had, I have, what, five job offers coming out of school and said, nah, I'm not doing any of this. Wow. <sighs> Much to my parents' chagrin. Um, yeah, I'm sure. That's a big pivot. I'm going to be an actor. Wow. And they were like, you're kidding, right? Because I worked really hard to be a banker. Yeah. I mean, really hard. And, but I was always performing. It, shouldn't, it, really, should, it really made sense. From like the time I was maybe two, my mom said I did like a strip tease for everybody during Thanksgiving. I took all my clothes off and was just like performing. I mean, they should have known, but I just, you know, you just come full circle. Yeah. You just come around. Yeah. You just have to give it time and you always circles back. Was there anything about working in investment banking that prepared you for becoming an actor? Everything. Yeah. Uh, not an actor, but so much with stand up for sure. Mm. Stand up. I mean, Hollywood and investment banking are not that far off. They're both really interesting people we have to work with. It's a very exciting, fast-paced industry. So I feel like they were very similar. And the work ethic, you know, the work ethic that you had to have in, um, even as an intern. I thought as an intern, I'm like 16, I'm thinking they're going to just want me to get coffee or do some photocopies. And they were like, here's your secretary who does that. You have to do a, you have a pitch meeting in like two days. I'm like, I'm 17. I'm presenting to some CEO from Brazil who's worth like a half a billion dollars. Why am I doing this? Wow. I had to speak. And they would like tell people I was a first year analyst. I wasn't. I was an intern. Oh, my God. So the level of responsibility was incredible, which I loved. I mean, I actually loved banking. What I did not love was the culture. Mm. Um, because you got to follow certain rules. And I'm, and I'm sure I probably could have worked at a different company and maybe, would have, you know, or if I had stayed on the trading floor, if I had worked on the trading floor, you have a lot more freedom. Then at the time, you had to deal with a lot more. I mean, there were only three women on the floor at the time. So it would have been me and them. That was, a, I mean, I, I was an athlete. I'm a tough person. But that is like, even for me, 
you know, there were guys shaving their heads on the trading floor, betting. You know, they made a bet. The guy lost. They just took out clippers and started shaving his head on the floor. You just see, like, my first time I saw Coke was at a party when I was 17 on Wall Street. You know, so, like, there are certain, the atmosphere is a little more um, advanced mm-hmm. than I am. Yeah, no, for a 17-year-old, I can imagine that was a lot. <laughs> oh, it was. It was great, but it was a lot. Yeah. You know, and I, I just went to Japan for a year, and I just killed. I just came back. I was like, this is what I'm going to do this with is my it. life. Wow. My parents were like, she's going to grow out of that. And guess what? She did. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are today. And I think this is like, I mean, you released Model's Diet on Monday. Yeah. Tell us about it. Tell us about the project. I'd love to kind of know how you came to it, what it's about, what you're, which is kind of what you're doing with it. Yeah. So Model's Diet is actually not my half hour. It's a different project. Wow. Model's Diet is my web series that I wrote and did the music for and everything um, because I broke my foot about maybe a year and a half ago. I broke my foot and I broke my hand, but I think in there they probably said I broke my foot. So I broke my foot in my hand dancing at a fundraiser and I broke my foot because I slipped on somebody's, I guess they spilled their drink. I tried to brace my fall and then I broke my hand. (laughs) So in trying to recuperate, honestly, I just sat on the couch in some stretchy pants and and I didn't realize how like how much weight I was gaining. I was just gaining weight exponentially. But then, I'm not gonna lie, I am a chronic detox diet. Let me tell you, I love hearing about like some model who's on a new diet. I am that person. I am that person who's gonna hop on that bandwagon and be like, oh, I'm gonna try this thing next. And normally those things would really work for me. No, I got to a point where my body was like, nah, this is not, it just stopped working. Part of it was because I'd never ever wanted to do them completely the way they're supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. So before I would do them like, you know, by the T, by the book. Then I was like, you know, I could kind of do this and just like, I can do the master cleanse, but I'll still drink coffee or I'll still eat, you know. But you can't really, you need to really stick to it if you're going to do the detox. Like you need to do it properly. Right. But I want to do my version because I really didn't want to do it. I didn't really want to do it. So I just said, you know what? Um... So I kept trying to get back on it. I kept trying to do And then I just kept quitting. Yeah. I kept quitting. So for the first time, I was out of shape. I, I realized, oh, I, I thought it was easy to lose weight. I, would, oh, I was one of those people like, they could just lose weight. It's so easy. It wasn't. It, I, I'm sorry to any person who I ever mentally said this about you. <laughs> you know, I, I know I didn't say it to your face. But if I thought this, I apologize right now because it is so hard to lose weight properly. Yeah which I don't know that I'll ever try to do it properly, but it is very hard to lose weight properly. So Mono's diet is basically, I started to realize how ridiculous my diets were. Like Mm. when 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 you step outside of it, you're like, that's a dumbass diet. Why would you try that? Like I did a milk cleanse recently. What is a milk cleanse? So because I live in LA, you know, when you go to the farmer's market, you can get so many uh, like raw milk from the farm directly from the farm. So yeah. I was like drinking raw milk and stuff like that. So when I got to New York, I found a farm on Long Island that had raw milk. So I'm like, let me try a seven day raw milk cleanse. So all you drink all day is raw milk. That's it. Oh my God. So I tried this. It was, it was actually pretty good. It sounds awful. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm shocked at how it was like really good. And I couldn't believe that 
because it's so cold here. I couldn't believe that it made me feel like I had sustenance versus like doing the master cleanse where you're freezing your behind off and you're just always cold. Like I'm doing the master cleanse right now and I'm freezing. And drinking coffee, so I'm this some huge contradiction. This is what I'm talking. This is like here. This is exactly classic why I example. wrote the classic <laughs> example of why I wrote this, um, because I, I contradict myself all the time. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I try that raw milk. I think that's the probably most, maybe the most outrageous diet I've tried. Yeah. Depending on if you think that's worse than the master cleanse, I think it probably is more outrageous. Because I mean, I literally had to go to the farm. Every three days, it was an hour away just to get fresh milk because you don't want it to spoil. So you yeah. have to go out and get these like gallons of milk from this guy. That's amazing. <laughs> so what is it about like what is it about the diets that you connect to? Like what? Why do you like doing this? Like I'm what? an extremist. Okay, and I think a lot of people are. And I think the impetus for me even shooting this and writing this was when I started to complain to people about you know I'm a stand up, so I would go to shows mm-hmm. and. We set the bar and I'm complaining. I'm like, I can't believe I'm not losing weight yet. I mean, it's been three days and I haven't lost 15 pounds yet. I, I mean, that's how I was literally thinking. And people are like, even men, women, they're like, yeah, you know, I try this diet. I try that diet. Um, and like somebody tried the urine diet. I haven't tried that one, but that's a good episode. I have to like try that one. When people drink their own urine. I can't. Like, like I mean, that's like the most extreme. Yeah. But I think that's awesome that somebody actually did that. But like trying, I think a lot of people, a lot more people diet than I thought. And I didn't know men diet. I didn't think men went on diets. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't know if it's because it's Hollywood and these are like very vain men. <laughs> but I feel like more men also try and, people have to tackle diet issues all the time, more than I thought. And people who don't look like you would think, I'm like, well, you don't look like you would need to go on a diet ever. But they have been, or they feel like they have to, or, you know, so because I was speaking to people and then I just started to talk about like the most extreme things. People would literally try anything to get weight off quickly. Mm-hmm. And most people didn't want to do it over time. Almost, I would say 70% of people wanted to figure out what's the fast way to do it. What pill can I take? That's where I draw the line now. I won't do like pills. Yeah. I won't do the drugs because I feel like oh, I can't do drugs anyway. I'm very sensitive. So I feel like that's a no-go for you. No. I, I just feel like I would be like, ah, <laughs> on stage trying to tell jokes with my cello and hitting people in the face with my bow. That's like, I don't think it's going to work very well. No, that's not going to work. So I do try to do the most natural, those are air quotes, natural way of, um, of detoxing. But yeah, I don't even know if calling what I do dieting, really. I feel like it's more detox dieting. Okay. Because I feel like with diet, you have to like, have a plan and stick to that. I don't do that. That, yeah. that. that does not happen. It's more like, okay, let's do a seven days, do a 21 day cleanse. So in models diet then, are, is, is like each episode you trying a different diet or is it you like? It's either me trying a different diet or me in a situation. So for example, the trailer is hilarious. Have you, thank you. Have you ever oh tried dieting before? No. Okay. So See, and that's smart because you don't look like you should be ever trying to diet and you don't. You are a consistent rare person, just so you know, but that you, you make sense. So um, I think, what did you ask me? My brain just literally jumped just that like, fast. That is all good. Just like what episode, like what, what is Models Diet oh, show? So, like- yeah. So basically in, in some episodes, I'm actually doing a diet. Like the second episode is called Master Cleanse and it's me doing the master cleanse <laughs> in a very interesting way 
and some of them are situational. So like when you're trying to, like if you ever try to cut out drinking, if you ever try to cut out something, but then like your coworkers are like, hey guys, don't you want to go to happy hour? It's about peer pressure too. Because like, I, I remember like times I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in this diet. And then they'd say, all right, we have to go and celebrate X, Y, and Z's birthday. I'm like, well, I can't be in a diet on their birthday. But it's like, there's always birthdays. If you're going to do it, you need to be consistent. So like, I think like how we get derailed off of diets. So it's not only just me trying different diets. It's also me in situations, whether it be at work with coworkers, um, whether it be at the bar, whether it be at with my boyfriend who, um, can I tell you that part? Yeah, I'll tell you that part anyway. That, you know, sometimes dieting will really set back your life. And that's like, even though I joke about it, but it is true. Like if you're waiting for this perfect person to show up and you're waiting for this perfect body to show up, mm-hmm. like in one of the episodes, I, I don't get married because for four years, because I'm waiting to lose weight, literally waiting to get to that weight that I've never got to, you know what I mean? So it's like really interesting. And now that's not real. I mean, it's exaggerated, of course, but I have skipped parties or stuff because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not in shape right now or I'm not at my best right now. It's the most ridiculous thing because it's like, if you really wanted to do it, you will do it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you won't. And that's why I think I wrote it and why I shot it is because I'm like, you know what? It'll force me to look at myself, put a mirror up to what I do. And also to say, if you're going to do this thing, really do it or don't do it. But accept that you're you're just not going to do it and buy some new clothes. (laughs) Literally just buy new clothes. Yeah. It's not only like what you do, but like why you do it. The intention of it. And was that kind of unveiled for you through the process of making it? Absolutely. I, I was like, why do you? And I realized it's my extreme nature. I actually enjoy the up and down. I really enjoy why I think like. When you watch your body just shrink, it's almost like it's very exciting. But I think what happens is once you get there, it's like, oh, okay, let's do it again. (laughs) It's a weird mental, but I think I like the extreme nature of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And but before it was not as extreme. I will say, though, because I was already smaller, these diets were very short. Mm -hmm. They're like three day cleanses, five day cleanses, never really long, but once I started to gain weight, they got longer, but I didn't do what I needed to do out after them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, and then I tried to realize, well, why did they work before? Because I actually ate really well and I actually worked out. So they were very, my body was pretty clean. So I could keep doing it. And now I, I would see results because I was already, my, the maintenance part was already part of my lifestyle. Whereas it was, then I would do like a, like a 21 day cleanse and I'm like, oh, let me go have some Cheetos. And I don't even like Cheetos. Like, why am I eating Cheetos? You know, I mean, I have like one part where I'm a vegan, but I'm doing a bone broth diet. Oh my God, that bone broth scene of you like choking on it while you're trying to drink it is hilarious. So, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but it's just like, uh, like, 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 I'm like, like, we, when you step outside of it and you really look at it and you go, wait, you're right. Why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Well, and I think you have to get, at least for me, I realize I get, I like the challenge. Yeah. The certain level of having, and, and now I'm, I will say though that I, I am working out regularly and I am doing what I have to do, but I do like the mental clarity that it gives me. So if I'm doing something for a couple of days just to remove, you know, food and you realize, oh, you don't really like food. Like, I, I'm not a foodie. 
Mm-hmm. I realized that when I did like a cleanse, I'm like, oh, I don't really miss food that much. I think I eat more because I was just like, I couldn't do anything else. I couldn't run. I couldn't do boxing. I couldn't do things that made me really excited. So it was just like, what did I replace it with? Just sitting on the couch and eating things that like I never ate in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So it was just like really kind of, and I was doing stand up too. So I was drinking that night. I didn't drink before. I didn't drink alcohol at all. Then I was like, I go from that lifestyle to just being up all night and then drinking all night and then eating normal food, which I didn't, I was a raw vegan, so I didn't eat anything cooked for like eight years. So it was just like, God, salt tastes so good. <laughs> it's like really, ugh. But, but the, I think about the extremeness of it was what I think really got me <laughs> in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I think being addicted to like the, like you said, the highs and lows of it and like, shrinking your body and only to bring it back up and then like working out and like it's I think it's easy to be so and there's so much about this like easy to be so condemning of this world and so it must be cathartic for you to kind of use your work to absolutely work through something you do and like that people could easily criticize because I think it's easy to criticize I did it myself Mm -hmm. I criticize people you know I think it's easy to say oh just do this just do that it's easy to say maybe not as easy to do and I think a lot of people contradict themselves more than they think like you're a vegan but you're at the bar smoking i was like why do you smoke cigarettes yeah like you have this clean body you're like you just smoke all the time okay whatever works or um my sorority sister my line sister who diehard vegan loves animals but wears a fur coat i I don't understand it why that is the biggest and leather boot i said i mean when i say a diehard vegan I understand some people are not vegans because they, you know, are are for the cause, but she is an advocate. She fights for animal rights. I mean, all, I mean, she's so how how do you own a fur coat? I don't even like. I don't even understand it. Yeah, it. it, it, it I'm just like I'm, so. I feel like this at first when I first tried to write my creator statement. Yeah, it was like a very neat creator statement. It was like yeah, you know, you shouldn't do extreme diets. And I was like, that's not true. And they're like, you know, will you quit dieting doing this? No, like the reality of it. I said, you know, I'm going to write what, what I really think, which is that am I going to stop? Well, I probably, I will stop doing the extreme nature of like not following up with having a clean diet. But will I stop doing detoxes? No, that's not going to happen. But will I stop doing detoxes and then eating like Burger King after? Absolutely. I'm not going to do that ever again because it's dangerous. And when you start reading about it, you're like, hmm, that's not so good for you, you know? But then there are people who will tell you those diets are horrible, but you only eat fast food. I can't even speak to you right now. So I think the contradictions and like the things that we we have like are, are innate challenges when it comes to, I think diet is like a huge issue. Um, and even as an African-American woman, I feel like most of the things I look at, I'm, I'm wondering, is that diet? <laughs> is that diet good for Black women, <laughs> or is or is like, do we like? I, I didn't really have body issues, like you know, body image. I felt like, oh, my body's pretty dope. That was going to be my next question. Yeah, like, I love my it, body. What is this? Was it stemming from any kind of place of? I just like it slim, like in shape. Right. That's it, but not even. Like it was shocking to me growing up, where girls would be like, "I don't want my ass." I'm like, "What?" I couldn't get a man without my ass. Are you kidding me? Like I was raised around my dad's the youngest of six men, six men. 
And all they talked about was that woman's ass or this, you know. So they really appreciated the body of an African-American woman. And I was raised with a lot of pride, a lot of like, I never heard anyone say, oh, that you look like, I am actually, even now, I am smaller than most of the women in my family. And they would be like, you need to gain weight. (laughs) So we had the reverse growing up. Mm -hmm. I felt like if you didn't have enough curves, you weren't really a woman. So it was really interesting to see people didn't want butts and now everybody's injecting booties. It's like, whoa. Well, it's like this constant process of like, just the minute that everybody starts to catch on to something, it changes again. And it's this like never settling, never, is it, do you think it's a never accepting situation where it's like, we're constantly trying to evolve and change and and not settling into what we have in and of ourselves? Yeah. But I feel like I'm very body positive, Mm -hmm. like extremely. So I, I, it's not, I don't think I come from a place of like, Oh, my body's not, no, I I always felt like, Oh, you look pretty good. And I, and I, I measure, people say, well, how do you know if you got in shape? How much do you need to weigh? I couldn't even tell you. I have no idea how much I should weigh. What I do know is like when I look in the mirror naked from behind, when it looks good, I'm like, I'm done. That is my measurement of how I'm in shape or not. There's no weight that's going to tell me, you know, I have to look at it. I have to see it. But yeah, I I was not raised. That's why I like kind of joke. And you'll see we have two logos for Models Diet. One's a very thin model and one's a very heavy model because it's subjective. What you consider to be there are plus size models and there are runway models. It just depends on what kind of model you want to be. Do you want to, what do you relate to? There's no, it's all subjective. It's not up to me or to someone else to say, this is how you should look, but you should be, I think you should try and be happy with whatever body you have. And (laughs) you'll see like in the thing, Sometimes we'll see if things changed or not for me. <laughs> I know. I'm curious. I'm curious to see after you went through this journey of like holding up to why you do the extreme it's so hard. It's so hard to give away all I know, like the don't, good stuff. Don't, like, mm. don't give it away. I want to watch it. Um, what are you hoping? That's kind of a great way to ask. Like, what are you hoping people take away from Models Diet? Like at the end of the last episode, I mean, it's such a quirky, <laughs> crazy journey, I'm sure. What are you kind of hoping that that instills audiences with? Um, one, that body image is subjective and you should really love your body. And you will see that I do enjoy the journey regardless of whether I've achieved or not. We'll see. But also too, like, don't, don't criticize. Don't judge someone for, I think a lot of us have addictive behavior. I don't think we all necessarily can pinpoint what it is. And I do believe that Food is way more addictive than people would think. And I think it's just as serious as any other addiction, to be honest with you, especially within the African-American community. I feel like obesity is running rampant in our community and nobody's really talking about it. And fighting that, I think, yes, I've been telling jokes, really, from a comedic perspective, models diet. But at the end of the day, you really should just be taking care of yourself, making sure it's because we're susceptible to diabetes to fibroids, to all sorts of, you know, medical issues. And these can all be avoided if you just do things moderately. Yes, I'm saying that. <laughs> that and, I, and hopefully when you see this, you will see how ridiculous this is and don't do that. Mm. Like do not do detox diets to think that you're going to 
you know, my cousins were like, yeah, I'm going to the Bahamas in three weeks and I want to, I want to lose 50 pounds. I'm like, you serious right now? They're like, yeah, what can I do? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Not even I could do that. I mean, I'm a miracle worker. And I used to be. I don't even know if I am anymore. We'll see. But, you know, I don't even know if there's a diet on earth unless, like, death. I mean, I don't know what else you could do to lose 50 pounds in three weeks. That's a lot. And why would you even, like, that's a lot. Yeah, it seems a little crazy. So, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, it's almost like, um, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. It's like, see this and be like, nah. So you are hoping people kind of take it as satirical as, Absolutely. Like- <laughs> yeah. And I'm really hoping that people will also not be so harsh on themselves. And hopefully like people will see themselves in some of these scenarios because I think a lot of people have been put in scenarios where they're like, like don't don't um, be susceptible to peer pressure. Mm. If you're doing something, it might not even be because you want to lose weight. Maybe you, it's just because you are spiritual or whatever it is. Don't just like throw it throw out throw everything away because oh I gotta go out with my friends or I gotta do this thing because you're always your friends will always have something there will always be birthdays there will always be birthday cake there will always be um, happy hour drinks there will these things are always going to happen so if you want to take care of something and really do it you're gonna have to be strong of say no I don't want to do that mm-hmm. and and move on otherwise you will never ever ever come full circle and reach the goals that you have set out to achieve. Absolutely. I would love to kind of get your perspective. You live in LA, worked in Hollywood, you do stand up, you're creative. Uh What like feminist advice would you have for the industry after coming through investment banking, (laughs) going through all the- That's a great question. I would love to know, because I think that you come to it from such a unique perspective. I do. You know, I kind of love, I love the era of social media. Because earlier you asked me um, about banking and how that world and what I do, like how did I get to this? What I loved about banking, and which also had the same issues that Hollywood, but we were, I was expected to think independently, think quickly, execute, make decisions. And I, and I was expected to do anything any man was doing. So I was not treated like a woman and, you know, no, I was treated... From what I hear about corporate America, that was not my experience as an intern and when I worked in corporate America. My experience with my bosses was, we expect you to be the best. There was never a mention, who cares about, you're a female, nobody cared. We all had to execute at an extremely high level at a very fast pace. So I just learned to just be my best. So for me, because of social media, I think it's great because you can just pull out a camera or do a podcast, Beaver Talk. You can do whatever you want. You have to wait for no one. And that's what that's where I feel like once social media became more popular, I think that's when I decided to shift because I understand independently doing things for myself. I don't understand necessarily as much as going to auditions and waiting for someone to hire me. It's not a concept that I was raised with because I started interning on Wall Street when I was 16 years old. So I was always like, I can make my own destiny kind of person. And I was raised with three generations of family raising me, my great grandparents, my parents, and my um, my grandparents. So I had three generations of amazing 
African-American couples who are like, you can literally do anything you want. And I always really believe that. So I think right now is a time that we can, I mean, you can do what you want. And I think you can make your own destiny without Hollywood will come. I feel like they can come to you versus you going to them and asking them for something. You can build your own empire and they can come and ask you for stuff. Yeah. And I think you're not asking for permission. That, that's my dream. That's what I and, and I love like creating and shooting things. And, 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 and I will say, too, that because I'm a stand up, I had so many people come on board to help do this because I did this out of pocket. But a lot of it was free because people offered things because they knew that you have an idea. They see you have a vision. I would say just go ahead and do it. And even if you don't know how you're going to do it, just start. And then just tell people your passion. And then you'll be surprised as to how many people come out of the woodworks to help you. Like my friend, I won't say what studio she worked at. But she gave us a studio space for free on the weekends. And she gave us the cameras and the green room. So we had all this like amazing stuff. I, I had a lot of support to always get these projects done. Um, My Man is a Jamaican was a prime example that was also done in that same studio. Love it. It's amazing, um, too. For free and getting people on board to do it. Um, The goal for Models Diet is to actually get money to do our second season or to do it as a, um, a pilot. So we've gotten some really great feedback already about it. So, and, and the idea, people love the idea. And I think that coming from a African-American female's perspective on the diet industry is a bit of a twist. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I wrote the music for the, for the um, intro song. And I'm playing my cello on there. So the cello is always, even He's though always it's always present. there, even though this is about like dieting and stuff, but oh, Jerry and I, we just keep plugging through, you know, he's always there. Amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, we wrote the theme song, sang the theme song to Model's Diet, um, which you haven't seen yet, I hope. Good, because it's only attached to the first episode. I'm very excited. Um, but I'm glad you liked the trailer. Oh, it's amazing. Definitely check it out. It's on YouTube, yes? It the is. The entire series will be on YouTube? Yep. Great. Amazing. And how else can we support you and find you and be up to date on everything <laughs> you're doing? When is this coming out again? Wednesday? Yeah, so I'm at Caroline's a lot. Um, I'm at Caroline's on the 17th. Amazing. And the 28th of this month. Um, but I'm there often. Uh, it's my... I guess you would say my home club. It's a great place to make a home club. I, I love it so much. Um, if this, I was at the stand until they moved, but hopefully I will be back at the stand again. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Nina Daniels and the same on that thing, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my YouTube is Nina, youtube.com forward slash Nina Daniels. Um, that's where Models Diet will be. And the trailer's there right now. You can watch that. And the and the other teaser trailer is there too, and the first episode will be there too. It's so, all there, so it's all there for you to look at. And then I'm I'm doing a lot of um, ancillary stuff on Instagram as well, um, just because it's like Instagram is so much fun. It's the best. To like you know put because I, I should say this on my Insta stories, you will see me actually doing diets. You will see me doing like in real life, in real time doing this actual detox my own model's diet so it, you should definitely i think you'll get a kick out of it people like really i think they really enjoy the insta stories a lot 
And I think that those are really exciting and and putting that in probably our second season or into or rebirth of whatever happens to Models Diet, I think it's gonna be so exciting because people like I get emails now from people saying, What is Models Diet and how do how do I do it? Um, is there a book or a website or like, you know, are there recipes? I'm just like, oh my goodness. It's gonna spread into its own empire. Yeah, so it's really making me also as you said before, it's actually making me really put a mirror up to like my whole, this really started because I broke my foot, gained weight, and I thought that my efforts to get back were ridiculous. But now I'm just like, oh, there's some really exciting things to be explored and to still mock because it's just what I do. But I think that you should really, I think there are some things that will be changing in season two. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god well we can't wait to follow your success we can't wait to follow Miles diet it's all amazing and congratulations again on the launch thank you and thank you so much for being here i appreciate you for having me for hanging out and thanks to kent for spending oh, every wait. wednesday with us yeah oh, one thing i forgot yeah you asked me about media what i'm watching yeah. you asked me what i'm watching now yeah right now what i'm watching is Marie Kondo's show on Netflix. Oh my God. Are you Kamari Method? Do you know? I have not watched it yet because I feel like everyone's told me about it so much that I'm like, I feel like I've seen it. Well, I watch it because she's amazing. And I also get to practice my Japanese because she speaks Japanese and she has a translator. So I just watch it to just practice. But she's so amazing. And I'm I'm pretty, I think that I am the um, black version of her because I am a neat, like, I'm an organizational freak. And I watched that and I'm like, oh, I need to write a book about this because I could do this. I could really, I have my own perspective, but she is so inspiring. She's my, she's my inspiration. And I'm just like, somehow that, that method and dieting is going to be in something. Oh my God. Please write the book. We will have you back to talk about it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Happy Feminist Wednesday. (laughs) Yay. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!